Hello, my name is Martin Goodman. Welcome again to Abbey Theatre Audio from our resident drama company, The Company of Ten. The COT was originally set up in the 1930s and for the last 50 years its members have run a very successful community theatre in St Albans, just north of London. This recording is part of our new series entitled Behind the Curtain, where members discuss how our theatre operates. This recording looks at the Company of Ten from three different perspectives. First, Terry Prince, director, actor, former chair and now our archivist, provides a brief history of the COT. Then Mike Newell, son of one of the COT's founding members, Terry Newell, and celebrated film director Harry Potter and the Couple of Fire, The Four Weddings and The Funeral are but two of his films, talks about his early memories of the COT. Finally, Georgia Chowdhury, a recently joined member, gives us a younger view of what the COT means to her and why she thinks it's special. My name is Terry Prince, and in this audio cast about the history of the Company of Ten and the role it plays in the cultural life of the community of St Albans, I'd like to take you through a very short history of the company. Well, in the early 1930s, a group of young people who were all members of the Abbey Youth Fellowship used to get together in a glorified garden shed in our founder, Terry Newell's garden, and read plays. Uh, this activity continued. Their enthusiasm grew to the stage where they decided they'd like to actually put on a play. They had no experience of doing this, but their enthusiasm carried them forward. They hired a place called the Culver Hall, and in 1934, on the 2nd of November, they opened their first show, A Murder Has Been Arranged. They took the princely sum of £23 at the box office, which equates to about £1,500 today. So the company of 10, named because they were 10, were up and running, and they continued to use the Culver Hall until the war years. The hall was then requisitioned and no longer became available. However, they contrived to keep dramatic activity going in St Albans, um, mainly through play readings, because there were no spaces large enough to put on plays. Um, and after the war, they settled eventually in the old Conservative Hall. Um, the drawback with the Conservative Hall was that it was just that, a hall, it had no stage. So before they could actually build a set and, uh, and construct a set and put it on a stage, they actually had to build the stage. So that took most of Saturday and Sunday. Um, the materials for the stage were stored 400 yards away, so they had to cart those up to the hall uh, for use, put down um, 200 chairs, arrange lighting and sound, and then, and only then, set about constructing the set for the play. That took most of Monday, uh, and Tuesday, uh, and then on Wednesday they would have their rehearsal, their dress rehearsal, and their run from Thursday through to Saturday. Then they not only had to strike the set of the play, but they had to strike the stage as well, and store it until next time. A remarkable uh, example of the spirit and determination of that group in those years. And during those four years of doing that, they contrived to put on 16 plays, two pantomimes and three reviews, a terrific achievement. Well, it was proving exhausting work and they searched, began for a more permanent home. And that led to the offer of a barn at Abbey Mill House. 
and the barn itself was only 36 feet long by 20 feet wide and had a fairly massive sycamore tree growing through one end of it. It took six weeks' work to get rid of the sycamore tree alone. However, after two years of hard physical work and keeping dramatic activity going at the same time by touring, uh, the theatre was eventually opened. No funds then, of course, as now, uh, and fully staffed by volunteers. October 1955, they opened with the play A Hundred Years Old. But doubtlessly, many of them felt that. Uh, it seated 60. Uh, the ticket sold for three shillings and sixpence, which is 17 pence. Uh, and they stayed there and worked there and put on plays there um, until 1964. They did some extensions to the barn in 59. A terrific spirit kept that uh, company going through the Abbey Mill years. Uh, as now, a variety of genres were put on. The atmosphere was intimate and there was a great spirit until the point where eventually um, the owner, uh, Beryl Swinson, Brenda Swinson, had to uh, sell up the house following the death of her husband. And the search began once more for a new theatre. Um, and it was proving fruitless until the St Albans District Council came to their rescue by mentioning the possible use of the site down at Westminster Lodge Leisure Centre. The search then began for a £40,000 in those days, about £650,000 today. It's a massive undertaking. Once again, they did it. They did it under the slogan of the first theatre to be built in St Albans since the Roman occupation. Endless fundraising activities. The foundation stone was laid in June 1967 by Sir Michael Redgrave and was opened by the Queen Mother on the 17th of April 1968. Since then, we have continued to put on a variety of uh, shows in the main theatre and in the studio theatre, which was built as an addition. At the same time, we were extending the foyer on two occasions, building the link between the workshop and the main stage, completely refurbishing the auditorium, updating the computerised lighting, sound and stage manager's desk and improving disability access. The work has never really stopped. Uh, the main company is supported by the youth group, the company of teens. The space that we have is also used for outside companies to come and put on their productions. We have charity nights uh, and we have a intention to extend our community activities um, via our community arts hub. Uh, another phase of building um, renovations and improvements is underway and we hope to extend uh, the theatre in terms of increasing comfort for our audiences and working space uh, for our actors and technical crew. As ever, we cherish our history we look forward to our future within the community and the cultural scene of St Albans, which we have served, I think, with distinction for over eight decades. Thank you. It's now my great pleasure to introduce Mike Newell, um, the son of Terry Newell, one of the founder members of the Company of Ten. Uh, Mike, um, 
a silly question, really, I guess, but how, how did you get involved with the Company of Ten and how important was it to you? And is it right. to you? Well, um, I got involved because uh, as a tiny child, from my very first memory, there was never a time when there wasn't an immensely important uh, group of people and organization in my parents' lives, which was called the Company of Ten. They formed it from 10 of their, their friends in, I think, 1932, in order that they would start to produce theater uh, in St. Albans, um, which had been the province of a very tired professional company before they came along. That professional company then packed it in and the amateurs took over and were full of juice and energy being very young, being in their early 20s. And they formed this uh, organization, which then lasted currently going on for 90 years. And so my childhood was full of their, uh, of their productions, of their uh, friendships and um, sometimes their enmities as well. Um, <laughs> it was the biggest thing on the, my, my parents' landscape of friendship and um, intellectual pursuits. Um, and so I never remember a time without it. Oh, that, 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 that's, that's unsurprising really, isn't it, Mike? And, and what you've said there, I think, probably answers the, the, the next question, which really was... What, what, what contribution do you think it made to the uh, community of St. Albans and the cultural life of that community and still makes? Well, uh, it made this. Um, there were very few organisations that you could point to in the town at that stage and say that this uh, group of people had an effect upon the town. Very few indeed. Yeah. Um, they would mostly have been connected to the various churches and particularly the Abbey. Yeah. Um, but the Company of Ten was not, even though the Company of Ten had a lot of, uh, of its first members came from the Abbey's uh, youth uh, club, it was never formally a part of the, uh, the Abbey's organization. It was always independent. And yeah. the effects that it had was that it brought this immense charge of both kind of um, intellectual curiosity, they brought really good theatre from the metropolis. Uh, they Most of them worked in London and therefore were connected to th that extent with London. They knew what was current um, in the theatre in London. They knew what was coming up. My father's copy of Waiting for Godot, in which all his production notes are, was bought by him the same year that Godot was both produced and published in um, in England, I think 1953. Um, so they were very much up to the uh, up to the minute. Yes, and their taste was very good. They had a, a tremendous interest in a European wide and indeed America wide. Uh, palette of, uh, of writers um, and they knew when those writers were good and they knew when a piece of writing wasn't good uh, they chose beautifully and so they were it was like having a little mini uh, West End um, sitting down there in uh, in Abbey Mill 
they did eight or ten shows a year and they were of very high quality yeah yeah thank you for that mike very much and then of course they they uh moved from the tiny abbey mill barn theater into this uh, uh current building that we have um and they moved in 68 didn't they 1968 um yep. uh, were you able to see much of what we did there then and uh no by that time what had happened to me in the interim was that the theatre that I knew best was the Barn Theatre. Yes. Um, which I was part of, of um, I, I was involved in the productions there. I, I probably even laid a brick or two. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, then I was um, 18 in 1960, and so I went away to university then. Yes. And from university, I went um, to the despair, I think probably of both the people who taught me at university, but also my parents as well, I became a professional um, <laughs> and I started to earn my living at it. I went to Manchester and started to work at the greatest of all the television companies, um, aside from the BBC, which was a company called Granada. Yeah. Um, and so I was 200 miles away from the company of 10 action whenever i came home i would always um kind of plug back in but never to the same uh, intimate um, extent uh, as i had as a teenager yeah so, so mike i know you've been back several times to our, our current theater uh, and you've seen some of the work we're doing there and you have a, a project in mind uh, involving particularly the youth element of the theater there um do you and this Possibly it's difficult for you to answer, but do you see any way in which we might um, improve the contribution we make to uh, the life of St. Albans? Well, I, I don't know the company intimately enough to understand what its weaknesses might yeah. be. I can see what its yeah. strengths are, and its strengths are what they traditionally have been, that you choose good plays and you do them, um, you do them well. But presumably, there, is, there must be um, a question over membership. Um, is the membership young enough and vigorous enough? I simply don't know. It probably is, but I don't know. And I, I look forward with this new project of mine, on which I'm very keen, to finding out whether the, the membership is, is uh, sparky. I'm sure it is. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the the youth membership will understand the world in which the old buffers like you and me uh, <laughs> exist. Um, and of course we feel that what we learned um, in our twenties and our thirties are still the lessons that should, uh, th that should dominate today. And they're not. Mm. Um, mm. And what th that aging membership um, needs to do is to weave in the the youth membership as intimately as, as it possibly can and learn from them about things like the, the system that we are talking on at the moment, podcasts, um, are there different forms of the theatre that are going to come out of um, the World Wide Web? Uh, and indeed, out of the last eight or ten weeks of yeah. um, isolation that we've Thank all been you. through, that's going to have a huge effect on us all and of course as the culture changes as as inevitably it, it must then so so do the, the most important people 
of all in all of this who are always the writers the writers will uh, will change and adapt to circumstances and find new subjects and the the, the world continues to, uh, to to move on any minute now we're going to be very 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 concerned with uh, the, the state of the environment and that's going to start to have a a fallout in professional um, writing theater and i think the other thing that one could say is that there's nothing magical about sticking to only the theater why not let there be another branch another um, sword in the hand of the company mm. which is to do with the screen um, yeah. and with um, making things for uh, the screen just the way you so uh, vigorously make things for the stage. And I think that that might be something that would be very um, interesting and might attract a lot of uh, energy, That's, which is partly what I, I, I want to do when I come back. Yeah, Matt, that's, that's a, a wonderful input. Thank you very much indeed. It, 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 there are exciting and very challenging uh, times ahead, and um, I, I particularly myself uh, welcome your emphasis on the youth element. Uh, we've had our time, um, you know. It's yes, Terry. I want to say one thing about that. Uh, my belief is that actually there is um, a, a way that the, the the strands of the company, um, which probably now because it's so venerable. Um, are, are multifarious that they should be all put to, together there's no point in thinking that you can make a, a, um, a satisfying production of King Lear without somebody of an appropriate age playing the older parts and so there has to be yeah. a, a coming together of young people with um, new ideas of the world as it now is and old people who can bring the um, experience in, in performance um, to, to those, those productions or to whatever the projects may turn out to be. It, yeah. it's, it's, one must not get into the, the jam of thinking that um, you're, you're going to take all the oldies out, uh, put them up against a wall, shoot them, and then come back and the world will be uh, new and free. It won't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. <laughs> no. You'll need everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Mike, for that very much indeed. Uh, my friends are going to accuse me of having prompted you to mention, Leah, in reference to myself. So um, I, I, can, <laughs> I, can, I can say that that was not the case. Thank you, my friend, very much indeed. I'd like now to introduce Georgia Chowdhury, who is one of our more recent members to the Company of Ten at the Abbey Theatre. Um, Georgia, can I ask you how and when did you get involved with the Company of Ten and, and how important has it become to you? So I first got involved end of 2017 uh, when I literally just Googled Theatre in St Albans and saw an audition for The Effect ah. by, by Lucy <laughs> Preble. Um, which was directed by the rather marvellous Chris Brownwell. Um, I didn't get the part, but I turned up to another audition about a week later for Frankenstein, directed by the, the marvellous Sinead Dunn. And she gave me, very kindly of her, uh, the part of Elizabeth and Community, which was 10 minutes away from my doorstep. And since doing that play I've come back for a bit of serving coffee and getting involved in watching other plays and seeing just the general life and 
bubbly heart of the theatre. And then last year I did Ben-Hur um, with yourself, Terry, and with um, directed by Rosemary Goodman, which I then followed into doing Dealing with Claire, directed by Martin Goodman. Um, and so what the theatre has meant for me in, the, in this time is that it's always been somewhere that I go back to. Mm-hmm. And it's very much the heart of my social life, I have to say. Um, and for me, because I live in quite a quiet area, it's the closest thing I have to a community. And that's, it's so close to me, which is a wonderful thing. That's lovely to hear. Thank you very much for that. Um, uh, so what would you say, do you think, are the particular strengths of the the company of 10, uh, Georgia? And insofar as you know, what sort of part do you think it plays in the cultural life of the community of St Albans? Well, I certainly think that in terms of the cultural life it provides such a strong presence in that it's somewhere which is very welcoming very open like the bars are usually open on a Sunday afternoon you can just go in and have a chat and have a drink yeah. Yeah. and yeah. so I find that the atmosphere there on us can be really welcoming to all and I've been down there a couple of times where say I'm going out with a friend for lunch afterwards and we just decide to meet at the bar and I've had conversations with people who I've never met but we talk like we've known each other for years And I think that's a real testament to the very open and giving space that that foyer creates. That's lovely. Even if you are a theatrical person and you want to be there for the sake of the culture and the arts, there is such a range of what's on offer. And I mean, it takes a theatre with a fair bit of courage to put on plays, but nobody difficult to direct. But then there's also really lovely classic plays that appeal to just a common sense of humanity, like um, Office Suite, for example, which is just... It's, I find it so classic and lovely that in the same few months, we had this, these riotous comedies and these really dark, uh, difficult pieces of drama. And then on a Sunday morning, people just drinking a glass of wine or a glass of beer. Um, do people drink glasses of beer or pints of beer? I don't drink beer, I don't know. Um, and it's all of that wrapped up in this one quite small building. And it's just a building with a huge amount of heart, which is what a city like St Albans needs. Because there's so much going on in a small space, and it's wonderful. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you very much. Uh, And finally, um, we're making a contribution. You're a young person looking forward. What might we be looking at in order to um, make it more of a contribution or to improve that that we already have? Uh, I think the way that for any theatre to move forward, but ours in particular, is to really focus on how we choose to tell stories and what stories we choose to tell. And I think in St Albans particularly, you've got a really interesting range of views and ideas. And we're already engaging with different views and ideas, but it might be interesting to think about how we can present theatre in a different way. Can we make our storytelling more inclusive? Can we use mixed media? Can we have shows which feature the real veteran actors and then people who've never got involved with theatre before in a really collaborative way? And I think it's about asking those questions about what can be done, which is totally revolutionary. And I think that's a way that we could engage with completely new people who would usually think, oh, theatre's not for me. I won't engage with them. But the thing with the Company 10, the Abbey Theatre, is that it's not just a theatre, it's a space. And it's, I think for many, it's a home, um, if that doesn't sound too cringy. Um, But it's, um, it's... something that we can do to be more involved in the community is ask, ask questions, think differently and almost 
see exactly what we're not doing and attack that head on. Yeah, no, that's that's really lovely to hear. Actually, the, the, what you said there about kind of mixed media and, and uh, engaging uh, the elderly, if I may use that word, and the young, uh, echoes very much what Mike Newell um, said yesterday when when he was recording with me about the way forward. Georgia, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your contribution. We hope you found this discussion interesting and you want to engage more with us. Why not visit our website, www.abbeytheatre.org.uk. You'll also find a range of online video recordings from us on YouTube.